Welcome to The Prosperity Practice. The Prosperity Practice. Our personal take on what it takes. Push, challenge, light the fire. Do not chase prosperity. Rather, be prosperous. Prosperous. Welcome to The Prosperity Practice with your host, Brandon Hanley. Looks like we made it. Ready, ready to, to go. go. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey there, Prosperity Practitioners. I am on today with Armando Cruz. You may have caught Armando on over at Fatherhood for the Rest of Us. If not, and this is your first introduction to Armando, let's check him out. He is a connoisseur of experiences, husband, father, adventurer, best-selling author, ultra-marathoner, lifestyle physical therapist, and legacy coach. Armando helps growth-minded married men live happier, more connected, and more fulfilled lives through his immersive coaching program that guides them to show up powerfully in their marriage, in their health, in their business, and in creating a purposeful legacy. Armando's unique approach helps stretch away the clutter both internally and externally that stops men from showing up daily as the greatest and grandest version of who they are for themselves, their family, and their legacy. He is the creator of the Cleanse and Renewal Program, the Modern Man Virtual Summit, and the Rich Man Experience. He's the co-owner of Cruise Country Fitness and Physical Therapy with his wife, Christian. I wanted to get the Rich Man Experience in there because I think that's important. Uh, he is also the proud dad of three amazing children has been married for over 11 years to his beautiful wife, Christian and Rhonda, thanks for popping on here today. And, you know, I, I like to just always start these off with what can we do to celebrate you and what's going on in your life today? Um, having me here is good. It's a, it's, a, it's a celebration. I get I get to hopefully add value and uh, we get to have a meaningful conversation. That to me is one of the things that I find most valuable in life is being able to have meaningful conversation and connection with people. Because sure. I feel that, you know, uh, as men and even men and women, these relationships and actually going below the surface, going deeper is not happening as much. Mm. And to have these conversations where not only other people can benefit from it, but for us, just you and I be able to go in there and just have a, a genuine conversation, I think is always uh, powerful and, and could be quite valuable. Absolutely. No, um, amazing. Right. And our, our last conversation, Armando, I think, I think it was like two hours, right? Uh, <laughs> so we'll try to keep it a little bit shorter this time. Uh, you know, look, man, I want to celebrate something for you. You guys dodged that storm down there, right? Uh, yeah. So we've got Dorian that just went, went, went through. We were just talking about that before here. And you and your family uh, made it through unscathed. And I think that that's pretty awesome, right? I think that that's something. Yeah. That, I'm going to celebrate that for you, right? Uh, Thank so, you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, Armando has agreed to kind of join us here today with uh, the premise and, you know, the premise hasn't changed. So it's not like I just set you up Armando, um, but with the premise of, 
of um you know we talk a lot about like kind of law of attraction type of of stuff here and uh on this on the prosperity practice and we look at that uh but it's it's not just law of attraction and woo woo there 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 are transition pieces right that that uh you know they we bridge and i think that a lot of people are, are in one camp or in another right like it's all science and then you know people are like it's all it's all woo woo right and, but 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 i think that there are some i think that there are some really easy to see pieces that overlay and if you kind of allow for it and look for it you see it and uh what most of you don't know and i don't even know if armando knows i think he does i think he does i told him told him he was one of the first people that introduced me to uh the raz right and, and if you don't know what RAS is, that's the reticulator, reticular activating system and, <laughs> uh, you know, in, in law of attraction. But I want, Armando was the first person to show me that. And I, listen, I'm more of the woo-woo camp, right? Uh, just because I just, sometimes I like the mystery. If, if I'm, you know, sometimes like, like, I don't know, man, that's just how I am. That's how I was raised and I, I like it. Uh, but when you see the science of it, sometimes it takes it away. And I was a little upset for a little bit, Armando, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but I pulled, I pulled myself back together and I was like, well, let's look more into this. And, you know, how does it play its role? Tell, let's, talk to, let's talk to some people who aren't familiar with uh, RAS, as it were, RAS, the Reticular Activating System. Um, what would you, how would you define it? All right. I think the best way to, to to actually define it is to give you an example. Sure. Is, let me give you this one. Have you ever went and bought a car that you had never seen, and now you're driving down the road, and you see that car everywhere? Absolutely. Like, everywhere. I remember uh, our car was in the shop, and I had to get a rental car. And I got this Dodge. It was a Dodge. It was a pickup truck. I forgot. which is the Dodge pickup truck that's, that's the famous. Dakota Ram. The Ram, the Dodge Ram. Mm-hmm. And I know that it was out there, but I never noticed it. And I'm driving this this truck. I'm like, man, this is pretty cool. And I look around. I'm like, where did all these trucks come from? Right. And it's like they've always been there, but our brain is a pattern-seeking machine. Mm. And at its core, the reticular activating system is kind of the captain behind that. It's constantly looking for these things, sameness, or it's looking for things that are going to kill us. I mean, at the end of the day, our brain is designed to keep us safe. Yeah. So it needs to pick up on patterns with the purpose of things not killing us. And then it kind of goes down from there. Okay, well, if things aren't going to kill us, is this something, you know, back in the day, is this a plant that was good for us and nobody died? Okay, great. Now this one looks very similar. Let me try this one. Right. Yeah. Right, so that's that's the role, and that's essentially it. It's to create pattern. It's to pick up on patterns, um, and essentially keep us safe. Right, right. No, absolutely. Uh, and and I love I love that. Right, the the blue car syndrome is kind of what you're talking about. Right, that's right. Uh, that's that's uh, also speaks to the rise. Uh, just saw Tony Robbins uh, last week, or uh, maybe it's two weeks ago now, and he did this thing um, where you you kind of close your eyes, and then he says, everybody search the room for the color blue, right? Because now your filter's been set, right? And that's how, that's how I look at it. So your filter has been set to look for the color blue. It's going to pick up all the color of blue, and that's all it's looking. That's all it can see, basically. You set it to say blue, right. and you look all around, and you're even picking up like purples or even like uh, some other colored variants, you know, maybe like a uh, not quite black. Navy, you know, all, all, all hues of it. And the funny thing is, is like, okay, 
Well, now scan the room for red. And there's so much red there you didn't even notice before because you, you were only, you, you were like pin, pinpricked, right? You had, you had like this tunnel vision, as it were, um, on that. And th this is the point of the prosperity practice is to kind of open up your vistas, as it were, to set your filters to more than what you're already aware about. And I think that it's funny. You're down in Florida, right? That's right. where Christopher Columbus landed, right? Am I wrong? Uh, down, down, down south around there. Close yeah. enough, right? Yeah. Close enough. Close enough. Uh, you know, the, the, and he tells a story about, or they tell the story, history tells stories about how the, the natives didn't see the ships as they came on the horizon. Because they've never seen them before. How could they believe in something that they've never seen before? Or right? How how can you believe in something that you don't have a concept of? And what do you, what do you think about that? Right? Like, do you need to kind of have a concept and a belief in something in order to see it as it goes to Raz? I I, I believe that when you're looking at something like this, mm -hmm. whenever you simplify, you understand that you are rarely getting it all, mm. right? We right. simplify so that we can grasp it and use it as a tool. Mm -hmm. But as your understanding grows, your, your ability to use that tool for more things helps. So okay. to answer your question, do you, need to be, do you need to believe? I think the question was, do you need to believe in order to see or do you need to see it first before you believe? Right, 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 right. right. It doesn't have to be either or. There, okay. there has to be instances where, uh, if you do, like, when they asked, uh, I think it was uh, the the example was with Steve Jobs. If he, nobody said they needed a phone that was your computer, right? That needed to replace pretty much everything. He had a vision for it that nobody could see. So if they, if he would have asked, people would have been like, "No, I don't need that. Right. My phone is to call people. That's it." Right. But until he shared that vision and now all of a sudden be able to make it a real thing for people to actually handle, mm -hmm. very different. And sure. we all operate very different. There are some people who are visionaries. Right. Who can see what has not yet been seen right. and bring it to life. We right. need those people. Right. But at the same time, we also need the other people, the people that need to be skeptical at the beginning because they keep us visionaries uh, grounded a little bit. Sure. Because if not, then we kind of go the other extreme. I say we because that, that's kind of the way I think. I'm the other way. Hmm. Fortunately for me, my wife is the one that keeps me grounded in that way. And so we form this, this, this relationship of I help her see some things that haven't been, but then she actually helps me formulate a vision that's stronger hmm. because she starts asking me all these questions. But sure. You know, but how about this? You didn't think about that, and I'm absolutely, like, absolutely, oh. absolutely. No, I, I love that, right? Uh, you know, similar similar story here, right? Uh, but I think that you know, and not to call one of you negative, but you, in, in for any electrical circuit to happen, right? Yeah. You need to be grounded, right? right. There's you know, and I, I like to I like to think about it that way. Like, so you certainly need to be grounded. Let's talk about like, uh, and vision is a big part in the in the woo woo side, right? Quote unquote. Right, like vision boards and and whatnot. But let's translate that into uh, you know something uh, that the middleman's gonna understand. Right, like your wife's gonna come up to you and be like, Armando, what do you mean you have a vision? Tell me about your vision. Fine, I've heard all your visions before, and I've got these questions. Right, but like you know, explain vision for some people that maybe aren't familiar with it. 
Okay. Uh, actually, let me take a step back for a second because you referred to the woo versus the science, but remember, all science used to be woo woo at some point. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We absolutely. travel back in time and I show them this phone. Yeah, you're going to, they're going to, they might not let you live. Right. <laughs> right. So understand that that woo woo is a direct reflection of our understanding at that moment. Right. We don't have the the facts or the backing or even sometimes the words the proper words to use to describe and 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 i don't know organize absolutely what woo yeah. is mm -hmm. until we do and then it doesn't seem so woo, -woo anymore absolutely absolutely <laughs> that, and look that that's that's this conversation right and that's why i think this is kind of fun because um you know there's a lot of science proving out right now um you know, how our internal emotions really do travel externally and how it does impact those, not even just like right around us or how it does impact our body chemistry, right? I mean, you, right? This is, that's up your alley, right? right. Let's talk about it. So uh, <laughs> let's talk vision first though, right? So a hundred percent understood, like, you know, so uh, woo woo is, is, is kind of like this, uh, the definition we give to something that we, we think is there in existence in a way, but we haven't been able to properly translate it for everybody to understand. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And okay. remember, um, the brain seeks patterns. Mm -hmm. Change is a pattern we don't like. Because it's inefficient for our brain. Sure. Which is why when you have somebody now say this woo-woo stuff, and again, I, don't get me wrong, some of it is way out there. I don't necessarily believe it all. But sure. part of it is the people who are kind of set in their ways, if you want to call it, is because of that. It's change is not something that is agreeable to us because, mm -hmm. because what we know breeds more safety, more prediction. Sure. Our brain is constantly looking for that. So this is from a neuroscience perspective. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, well, the brain is a very intensive instrument, right? Like the right. brain takes a lot of energy to say, you know, to, to always be trying to make a decision. Is it okay? Am I going to live in this instance or not, right? Am right. I, is that right? Yeah. 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 And it's always trying to keep you alive. So to, to your point, vision. What is right. vision? Sure. Um, vision is, I think one of the, one of the ways I really like to look at vision is vision is creating the reality that you'd like before you fit. So mentally creating the reality before you can physically make it. Mm -hmm. It's the design. Pro it's, it's, you have to, if you were an architect mm -hmm. and you're going to, you're going to make a house, you have to envision what the house looks like before you can draw the blueprints and actually start putting pen to paper. For sure. You don't just start putting pen to paper and then, you know, let usually, that's not how it goes. Yeah, well, my houses look like that. You should see some of my past tree houses. It's always good to kind of sketch it out first, right? I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, you just go out there with a hammer and some nails. I'm just going to tell you, it's it's fun. But, like, if you have, like, a, a blueprint, like Armando's talking about, a little bit more of a vision, then a, you, you're, you've got a visual construction of it, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Now, quick for me, too, right? How would you, how would you differentiate, then, vision and dream well okay so semantically they can be different okay but some people and this is where i i think oftentimes we we start often fighting or arguing with people because we miss this part mm -hmm. we have to understand each person's definition of that 
Absolutely. So when you say dream, sure. what do you mean? Right. When right. you say vision, what do you mean? Right. So if you're asking me, how would I make the distinction for Absolutely. me as I look at it? Sure. Um, I see a vision as the design that I would like to create in my life, mm -hmm. whereas a dream doesn't necessarily have the same commitment. In other words, it could be something that you literally just dreamed up, mm -hmm. but I feel like it lacks a little bit of the intention behind it. One may be more sporadic, whereas one is more intentional. Okay. That's the, that would be the difference if I was going to say that there was a difference. Sure, so sure. I could make the argument that they're the exact same thing. Right, no, that, and that's part of it, right? Like, so, because uh, I, I recently uh, went to uh, see Jack Canfield, and there was at the group at the table there, I said, you know, how would you break apart, you know, a goal, a dream, and a vision, right? And, and some of these steps, and, and they're all important. And it's just like you're saying, how, do, how does Armando break it down? How, you know, if we are having a conversation, well, I'm going to need to know from you. Right. When you say, oh, I've got a dream, dude, let's go do this, let's go do this, let's We're like, what do you mean you've got a dream, right? And, and you just told me, right? And, you know, all right, well, now we're going to quote-unquote vision cast, right? Now we're going to expand it. So maybe, maybe dreams like the precursor to vision, right? Or maybe dreams even like the, the cherry on top of, of the vision, right? Where, where you've got like kind of like these tangibles in your mind and, and, and the conversation that we're having right now, you know, vision is, is kind of tangible. Right, vision is something that there's a little bit more integrity and structure to, and then uh, for the sake of this, uh, the dream is like maybe maybe like the 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 additional. Wow, if we could just throw this in here somehow. I'm not committed to this piece, but man, if this if this were to land at our feet, that would be amazing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I I would feel good with with that connection. But again, right. understand if you're listening to this. That if you feel like the dream and the vision are the same thing, for all practical purposes, keep them the same thing. Right, right. The idea right. Of this conversation is for us to, when we're saying these words, right, so that we know we're, we're on the same page. So right. as long as we can agree on that, we can continue the conversation with these words and know what we're meaning. Uh, absolutely, and I think that I think what you're hitting on there too is another key thing is is that it's it's imperative when you're working with somebody. Uh, small or large scale to to really define these words, right? Define these pieces before you all kind of jump in and start having a conversation. Yeah, I um, actually here's one thing that I that I would mention. If you just said define, so one of my mentors, uh, his name is Dax Moy. He's out in the UK, and he has this process that's that he calls a define, refine, and align. Okay, it's a way it. of Sometimes when, if you were to ask somebody, what does this mean to you? They can't quite tell you what it is. Mm -hmm. And so they get stuck. Sure. But the defined part is what is this? What is this vision? What is this belief? Whatever it is, what it is. The refine is what is it not? And mm -hmm. I bet, and think about this. Sometimes I bet somebody has asked you, what is this? And all you can think of, well, I know it's not this, it's not that, and it's not that. For sure. And so, Essentially, going through this process of define, refine, and align is the difference between drawing something that's flat and adding shadow. Mm -hmm. it, you know, when you add shadow, you all of a sudden bring it to life. It, it pops up out of the paper. Pops up out of the paper. There's right. depth. Right. Right. So by knowing what it is, right. knowing what it isn't, all of a sudden that starts making it pop out. And then what makes it real is the align part. Mm -hmm. How will I know? If I am doing this, how will I know if I am living this? Right, right. Right? So it's the living it out part. Right. 
Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's, 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 let's apply that, right. Let's, uh, let's apply that kind of to, um, even yourself, right? So you've got a vision, um, you've got uh, you know, your dreams, and you've got your, you've defined, you've refined. Now, how is your alignment showing up for you? That's a great question. So based off what the definition was, and based off what it isn't, and I say, okay, well, um, let's make something concrete. Uh, let's define Let, let's let's take let's take being a husband yeah okay yeah, yeah. so i have a belief or a definition of what it means to be a husband now by the way this is my definition if you have a different sure. one totally cool right. but mine is i i need to be someone who provides for my family right. i also need to be someone who's connected uh with my wife mm -hmm. it's important as a husband for me to understand what she needs so that i can best serve her it's important for me to communicate with her. So as a husband, these are really important things that I know that I must do if I want to be a good husband. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. the, uh, the refined part of that is what, is that what is what does it not mean to be a good husband? Well, mm. it means beating my wife. That's not being a good husband. Right. Uh, cheating on my wife. That's not being a good husband. Um, speaking ill of her or putting her down. Right. Those are things that are not. So how, so now the aligned part, how will I know if I'm living out this being, okay, well, when I get frustrated with her, instead of lashing out, maybe asking her a question. Mm. Okay. I see that you're, you're not in the best place and I'm tempted to go there. Right. How can I best support you? Right. Okay. Um, if I know that she likes it when I do the dishes and help around the house, oh, be more proactive in helping around the house sure. so that I can better support what it is that she needs from me. Right. Does that does that make sense? So like, right? Yeah. yeah. Different so I mean, you've got you've got you know, you define what it is for yourself. Uh, you you in a situation, you refine the situation, and then you do some things that are in alignment with. The, right. what you, the precursors there yeah no that's that that works that absolutely works and i think that look and and while it may seem small in scope that is applicable in every other places right like as we talked about earlier humans are uh pattern seeking and and if we see this is a pattern we can invoke that is working in just the smallest piece we can try this everywhere else right right, right. um and i think that that is also uh indicative of law of attraction right um where we take some things um for example i think uh in abraham hicks she does uh this vortex exercise right and and she does something very similar though where you know it's called like getting into the vortex or getting into alignment where you kind of go through the process of what you just said you said all right well here's here's you know, here's where it is, but I'm going to keep stepping. I'm going to keep refining. I'm going to keep refining this until it kind of gets to the place where I feel like I can align to it. Right. Um, and that it's not specifically law of attraction. though. No, like, you know, like, um, like we just said here, you've got this other thing, define, refine and align. That is not a law of attraction. That is, you know, living with intention. Right. Um, and I think that that's something that can be clarified too, is uh, you've got some people to say uh, living with intention or with purpose uh, or follow your bliss, right? Like these are all things that, that you hear out there. And 
I think that follow your bliss uh, and, and that type of thing can be looped back to living an intentional and purposeful life. Is, would, you, would you agree with that? Uh, yes. I mean, if you could define it that way, yes. Uh, and that, that's where it is. And like this whole thing with the law of attraction, it's a label that we've put to essentially my understanding of it is if, if you're visualizing something, if it's something that's in your consciousness enough, right. it's something that can become your reality. For sure. Right? For sure. But at the same time, thinking about it and not doing anything about it is not going to help. <laughs> right. right, right, right. We have to understand, and that, that's where the understanding of things is important because sometimes we'll get somebody that will especially when somebody has influence over a large group of people mm-hmm. and they, they, um, they basic, they, they simplify it to the point where now the person just thinks, Oh, I just got to think about it. Right. As opposed to really helping the people understand it in the way it was designed or really what, what it, how it's really going to help them. Right. Right. I think, uh, so I saw this, uh, you know, along with Tony Robbins, I saw like all these people, right. That's wealth Oxbow, And there was a girl in there. Her name was Sarah Prout. Uh, who's apparently like big in the LOA place, uh, law of attraction space. But one of the things that she threw out there was, you know, the term inspired action, right? Like you've got your vision and your vision uh, could be like this motivation, right? That the vision could be what uh, wells up in you kind of like this, the emotion, the motivation to move forward, inspired action. Like if you don't take that inspired action, most things aren't going to happen. Right. But I mean, it's no, it's no different really than, any other kind of goal or plan that you set is that fair uh well i, I would say it could be it could mm-hmm. be and, it, and here's here's where i would i would i would uh i would make a distinction between motivation and inspiration right so sure yeah uh inspiration means to quite literally be filled with the spirit right so you're mm-hmm. coming from the inside out and you right. use the word welling out which would would is an alignment with what inspiration is it's coming from the inside out right motivation is actually the quite quite the opposite. Hmm. Motivation is an external force applied to you right. to do something that you may not really want to do. Right, right. Versus an inspiration is coming from the inside and driving out because it needs to come out of you. This sure. is not a, a a question if this is important to you. It's like no, no, this is me. Right, right. Let's 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 look back to. Uh, I mean. If you don't mind, right? This is. Do you feel like this is kind of what happened with you a few years ago? That you, 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 uh, your purpose had been maybe denied for a moment, where you didn't recognize your purpose for a moment, and you had to go do the thing out. And um, oh God, where'd you go? Where did you end up going to? Like the huh? Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, you ended up going to Thailand, right? Like, I mean, you. Do you feel like you lost direction? Do you feel like you lost sense of purpose? Do you feel like you lost the inspiration for a little bit? Yes, uh, but remember that loss. Here, let me let me be specific. For me, that loss came at a loss of clarity. Sure, so, sure. Right? Clarity, clarity um, brings confidence. I mean, it's, it's tough to get aligned to anything if you don't you don't have any clarity to it. Correct. Right. right. But I mean, would you say that, you know, and, and listen, we're just kind of having this random conversation, but like what I love about you is that you're familiar with all aspects of this space right i know that you've also got uh, a thriving you're, you're doing well right and i want people to see that you can be prosperous and and speak this information uh but you don't have to be 
oh, I got this from law of attraction. Well, what are some other ways you can say it to somebody else and have the conversation, right? And be like, okay, well, you know, and be comfortable with yourself when you're saying it. Again, that all comes down to, to learning, right? Mm-hmm. The right. more you master something, right. the more you, you're able to, number one, explain it. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between when you master something, what other people do doesn't affect you. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, and I'm going to give you in the health space very often. And it's funny because, you know, I've been in the health space, you know, my wife and I have a fitness and physical therapy studio in Miami. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing this already for, I've been doing it already for 15, 16 years. Right. It's funny because, you know, seasonally, let's call it, there's a new magic thing sure. that comes out, whether yeah. it's the latest MLM with the latest product or the latest diet. And so what you have is these people who don't understand, Mm-hmm. but had 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 a great experience doing something and now what they're sharing with people is their experience and their energy for what they did but they really have no idea of what is really going on right and so what happens is that very often when somebody's trying to convince you that this is the way right it's because they're trying to remind themselves because they're still trying to master it and if mm-hmm. you throw any other loopholes in there, they can't conceive of that yet. So it's right. part of the learning process. The, mm. you, you're familiar with the, with the four stages of learning, the um, unconscious uh, and... Uh, to competent, right? Like yes. so, uh, right. In, right, right, yeah, yes. Unconscious incompetence, then uh, conscious incompetence, then... Right conscious uh isn't it like it was like it's 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 incompetent to uh unconscious competent to competent to like maybe mastery or something like that right Right. is that that fair right so usually what happens is that if you're in the level one you don't know what you don't know right level two you know that you don't know this thing yet right level three which is where a lot of people end up in and that's where the learning is still taking place is that conscious incompetence mm-hmm. where you're aware of it and you're working on it. Right. And I'm sorry, conscious competence where you're working on it, but it is, it is one of those things. The, the issue is that once you're there, you're still in that learning process. And if somebody tells you something different, you're going to fight because you only have a capacity for so much when you're mm-hmm. trying to learn. Right. But after you're able to peel back the layers, it doesn't matter if the person says this because you understand why it, Number one, it works for you or why it, why it's the truth sure. because you've mastered this area. Right. So understanding when somebody is, let's just say, trying to convince you, <laughs> I'm going to use the word violently uh, or extremely very often is it has nothing to do with you and it has more to do with where they are in their stage of learning. Mm, sure. And it's important to do that so that you can better communicate with that person because if not, the tendency is to fight sure right? okay right all right if you want to believe that that's okay right right no no and, and i think that's huge too well and, and this is something else i think that comes at oftentimes is just like you're saying when you're in the process of learning uh something and somebody else comes up and they're trying to teach you something new outside of it or even in addition to you can only take so much right and right. and but you know oftentimes and this has been my experience you know 
maybe three or four months goes by, maybe years. I mean, as in the case of my parents, right? Like all the things that my parents told me when I was growing up. And then, I, you know, I, I finally like, you know, years later, I'm like, oh, that's what they were saying, right? Is that kind of like what you're talking about? Right, right. I mean, there, there, there's, a, there's an incubation period, if you mm-hmm. want to call that, yes. as well as you need to have the, the repetitions in there. Right. The attention to what's going on, the intention to drive into it, and then the repetition to reinforce it. And right. for some people, some of that happens quickly, right. but for other people, it takes longer. For sure. For sure. Now that makes sense. Um, I want to b- bump back a second to, uh, I know that we were talking about vision, inspired action. And I wanted to, I wanted a couple Raz into that. Um, when we believe, uh, uh, th- or, or even when we take like, you know, the Raz, right. We set the new filters. Once we get past like survival, um, we're able to see more, right? Like, I mean, we're, we are typically able to say, all right, well, this is my, this is my vision. And once I set my vision, now I can see and become open to these opportunities that I may have never seen before. Is that fair? Yes. And, and I, you know, so how do you talk to your guys through that? Right? Like, I'm, I assume like you, you, uh, you know, you've got some people that come through and they're like, well, I just don't see this for me. Uh, how do you get them to reset uh, and open up like that? Okay. So that, that's a perfect example, right? Sometimes, you can see in other people what they can't see for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you can share that, but if they're not at that place, it doesn't matter if you scream it from the rooftops, it's not going to connect. So it's important for you to stand shoulder to shoulder to actually see what they can see. Mm -hmm. Because while you can see what they can't, right. You need to be able to see what they can so that then you can get them to the next closest spot that right. they can see right and if they're a little bit further ahead on that now maybe they can see a little bit further sure and go from there because right. in the back of your mind you're like okay well look from a big picture i can really see this happening for you you're there but <laughs> right you're not there yet you're not there mentally you can't see that far right right so you know in, in you know in a coaching and client environment the coach can totally see that the person's really there it's just that they've got to see it for themselves and uh it's the small this is where people talk about you've got to build that momentum, right? You've got to take these small steps. You've got to crawl, walk, and run. Right. Yeah. I, I would say, and, and again, this is another one of these distinctions as far as what is the role of a, or, or how would you define the role of a mentor versus a coach mm-hmm. versus a consultant? Yeah, oh, yeah. And to me, they're all very different things, right? Sure. So a consultant will basically, like, let me rephrase that. A consultant, based off the way I would define it, would be somebody who comes into a situation, analyzes it, and gives a prescription for how to improve it. Right. A mentor is essentially somebody that says, I've done what you like to do, mm-hmm. do what I do, and you'll get what I get. Right, right, right. right. Walk this a, way. Right. A coach is a, a coach is essentially opening doors that you never saw that were there. And inviting you to either go in or go out. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's helping you make the decision, but with the path that perhaps you didn't know. In other words, shining darkness, or sorry, uh, shining light where there's darkness, not darkness. Sure. Shining light where there's darkness, right. bringing certainty and clarity to a situation so that you can take the decision that, that best resonates with you. Right, right. I like, I mean, look, I, I 100% agree that, uh, and I love it. How you laid out, but you know, coach helps you just to see what you kind of already know and, and, and help you to express yourself, right? Get to those places. Um, I always say, man, like you can't see the back of your own head, 
sometimes you're too close to it, right? Sometimes you're too close to the source of all the things that are going on. And you really, you're just like, you're in the weeds, right? Like, I mean, I worked in the restaurants forever. Like, you know, you, you got a busy night and the, the kitchen's going crazy. You're in the weeds, man. You, you're just, you don't, you can't get your head out. Um, and a coach is able to come in and they're objective too, right? And that's the other part too. They don't have like, uh, you know, a 20 year relationship with you to know all, all the, all the crap that you did 20 years ago. They're like, oh, I don't know. I remember that time uh, 20 years ago, we were all at the bar. Nah, this might not be for you, right. you know? Um, and so I think that that's another part, uh, that's great. And I love, I love how you broke down the distinction though. Uh, a consultant can give a prescription basically, uh, a mentor is like, listen, this is, this is, I do well. And this one thing, if you do what I do, you're going to get my results. Right. And a coach is, you know, like we just described, is able to get you to kind of uh, see through some other uh, options that you weren't even aware that were available to you before. Right. I mean, I don't know if it's ever happened to you. I mean, look, I've hired many coaches and mentors throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that my success with mentors, the way I've defined Right, mm -hmm. and this is important. The way I've defined it has rarely been good, mm -hmm. and not because they were any they weren't any good, right. but because it didn't align with the vision that I wanted. Like I do things a certain way, I don't do things other ways, mm -hmm. and very often what was true for them wasn't a way that I really resonated with. Right. I didn't align with it. I'm like every time I would go and do it, I felt like no, this is just not me. Right, right, and it wasn't that that's the only way to do it. It was just the only way that they knew how to do it. So right. that's what they could instruct me. They sure. were there to basically say, hey, do what I do and you'll get what I get. Except mm -hmm. I didn't like the journey. Sure. And that's a big part for me that's important. Well, you know, and I think this will wrap back into taking the inspired motivation, right? Taking, taking, the, taking the inspired action versus the motivation. Like maybe you were motivated externally to do, to do better, greater in your business, uh, but the actions weren't inspired and you just weren't able to, you know, like you're saying here, resonate with them. And I think that that's, you know, talk a little bit about that, right? Cause it's, that's to me, that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like you would rather take the inspired action versus this prescribed action. Right. Yeah. And again, this also has to do with how you operate. Sure. Right? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I operate a very, very different way than my wife does. Mm -hmm. And granted, one of the things that's really important is what are your values mm -hmm. and the clearer you are on that then what are your values and what are your beliefs when you're clear on that right then that becomes the map and compass to let you know you know what this method that they're teaching me is totally out of alignment with my map and compass that's like this is my true north sure yeah. right so it's gonna and it doesn't have to be you're doing something illegal like that's right. not what i'm talking about that that usually is all right at that point you already know that's not that shouldn't be for me right right right, right, right. I, you know we're not doing business at the gentleman's club right like right there's certain there's certain things but right. so then there's certain beliefs sure and certain like for me i'll give you an example for me my my values can be summed up in three words love light and creator mm -hmm. if i'm in alignment with those love light and creator everything flows mm -hmm. right so to me they encompass those three words encompass all my values yeah and if i understand what those are for me right then all of a sudden i'm, I'm working in alignment i know that i am moving in the direction that i have right and, and i share that because you know that's one of the one of the things that i work on with with my clients is i've had people come to me like, oh yeah i know my values and they show up with like a three-page document 
that are like long sentences that sure that's beautiful but that is not a tool you can wield it's right. cumbersome for you to use on a day-to-day basis because it's just too much right all those three pages i have them in the in the scope of those three words sure but i know that if i can use like in other words if i can quickly go through it love like creator are these in line with this decision yes i can do it right no i don't do it i don't have to go through three pages of stuff because in that word all of that is encompassed no no and that's that's fair right and i think that uh in most coaches uh and i'm not aware of like you know i don't see a consultant doing like a values exercise i don't see a mentor really doing a values exercise but uh in coaching i think that's you know one of the precursors right we we sit down and we work with you know each other to say where are your values the elicitation right like and that's that happens through conversation happens through conversation and then like we're able to kind of again define refine and align just like you're right. saying I'm, I'm just gonna i'm gonna tell people it came from you uh i'm about to check out dax one myself but uh you know that's what it is right and and those three words that you've got more went into that than just picking you know out of the ether right these are the three oh, words right. right you know what i mean so there's probably three pages and or more a lifetime behind those three words Correct. for you right so uh you know and this is just said because you know if somebody's out there and they're like well i've got my uh values and they're, they're listed uh armando what should i do and so what is the first thing you tell them to do when they when they when they uh, bring that three pager to you i said it's great that you know this it it's it's only going to help mm-hmm. But now let's use it. Let, let's make it a tool that you can use. Yeah. Because that's what happens. Most people have three pages or whatever, one page of this cumbersome value statement. Right. But it, it, that's all it is. It stays up on a wall and it never gets used. Right. At least not consciously. Right. What I'm saying is these are your compass. And if you can't use this to you to get the directions that you need then you're at a disadvantage right right if yeah. how, how would you like to feel more confident making decisions how would you like to feel more certain that you're headed in the right direction i mean most of my clients that's one of the things that they're after right as a coach i provide uh clarity direction support and focus if i if i can provide any one of those four things or all four of those things in any session i've done my job as a coach. Does that make sense? Look, so to me, Armando, it sounds like what we do is we, let me make sure I got the right audio. Like, like yeah. that's what I want. All right, cool. Sounds to me like uh, I'm in the rough, right? It's raw materials, right? And there's something that uh, you bring in the three pager and you help them to refine it. You give them something that they, they can really polish up or cut into multiple facets and really kind of show off. And, and I was also saying like, turn it into their compass, right? Give them some kind of direction. It would be like trying to lead or uh, walk through the walk through a city with the whole Atlas, right? Like trying to, you know, uh, instead of just like one page of the map, right? Or one page of the, of the, the city. Right. That's a great, it's a great analogy. Yeah. Okay. What's a, what's a more useful tool at that right. point? Right, right. So, uh, and it's always great to have like the big story, right? Like, you know, it'd be fun to like maybe sit down with, you know, your kids. If you've got like the three, you know, the three pager, you're like, here's our values, kids. You know, this is what, right. you know, this is what goes behind it. But uh, like you're saying, in a moment's notice, you can sit there and, and be like, all right, well, I know that my, my values are love, creator. And what was the last one? And light. Light. That's what I thought it was. But one double check. Uh, so love creator and light, you know, and, and I say it's this align to that. And, and, you know, it's really easy uh, for you to say, hey, yes or no. I love that, man. I love that. I, um, 
wouldn't have picked you for a love creator and light kind of guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, um, you know, and this is, I think let's just whittle down to this last piece, right? Um, because, uh, in 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 the uh, law of attraction, in the manifestation, in the all this other space, right? There's there's that word manifest. There's that uh, there's that word uh, create, um, and all these other things. And I think that it's very important for you to create the life that you want to live, right? And be the creator of your own life, and um, and not necessarily make it so nebulous where where like, well, I just called these things from the ether, and they showed up. So here's my world, right? Uh, but because I think one of the things that gets left out of of life lessons is is creation outside of uh, artwork, right? Right. And and just how powerful it is to create something in your life uh, and create your own life. Let's talk a little bit about what creation and creator you know mean to you. I'm, I'm in oh. All right. So I I love this topic because this is at its core one of the things that that really like bring me alive and that is exactly like you said most people think oh creator or like to create something and they're thinking either you're physically making something whether it's a piece of artwork or a piece of furniture and that is part of it that actually is one thing like my days must consist of creating something right if i don't i feel off Mm -hmm. i feel like my day has lost a level of meaning. Absolutely. But let me share what creating means. So mm-hmm. I physically create things. I love tinkering. I don't know if you've ever seen any of my stuff, but you know, I learning how to make a knife yesterday or a few, you know, a few weeks ago, I found an old BB gun from when I was a kid. And so I was trying to teach my kids how to shoot it. Right. But my five year old, the stock for it is too big. Sure. So I, I had a piece of mahogany in the in my garage. Right. And I made a brand new stock and I fit it and nice. now you can shoot fine. That's awesome. I love doing those things. Right. I also like doing art and right. I design different things. But there are other ways to create. Create moments in time. Mm-hmm. Create emotion. Create connection. Those now kind of dig a little bit deeper. Those are a little bit more under the surface that you don't need to be an artist to do those. You just but, need to be but, have that. To be fair, though, to be fair, there's got to be. Do you believe or not that there's an artistry to that? There is, mm-hmm. but here, here's here's why I make that that distinction mm-hmm. is that very often people are like, ah, I'm not artistic, so I don't draw, and so right. the idea of creating is or creating art. That's what it is. Right. What I'm saying is that yes, are there people, and I feel like, in in all honesty, that's one of my gifts. Sure, is to be able to to feel and hear what is not being said mm. and provide an environment of safety and for a person to be able to draw that out from them so that now they don't have to carry it around with them. Right. Yes. There's a skill to that. There's also a, uh, an inherent talent to that. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like with anything, you're going to have people that are more natural than others, but we all have an ability mm-hmm. to listen. Sure. Right? We all have an ability to create an environment for other people that makes it okay for them to express themselves. Right. We all have the ability to express love and gratitude to others. Mm-hmm. That is creating a moment. That is making an actual impact on the life of somebody else. We all, we all have the ability to smile at someone. Right. Right? Right. Something Absolutely. as simple as that. Yes. So, yes, while there is 
a talent thing. Right. And what you'll find is that people that are more talented in that will tend to kind of go in that direction as far as maybe doing things that align them with that because we're naturally drawn to them. Right, right. Well, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really easy to smile at somebody, you know? It's really easy, but not everybody does it, right? Um, right. And it's really easy to see when you smile at somebody as, you know, I, I just happened earlier today, you know, I, I saw somebody coming out the door. Uh, I opened it and I smiled at the lady. I said, Hey, you know, how, how you doing? And you know, her face, her whole face and demeanor changed. And, right. and, and it's, it's like you say, you know, you create these, create these moments and you create these connections, you know, in that moment, I felt like, you know, I wouldn't say we were connected for forever, but in just a moment we were connected, right. Where like, you know, we had that moment where we shared it right. and that moment was created. Uh, like you're saying is it's a skill. And I think that, Yes, everybody can do it. Not everybody is is aware of just the impact that that can have on somebody, though, right? right? Um, and in 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 certain way, and and in certain ways, there is an artistry to it. In in the fact that you know, listen, you gotta. I'm not amazing. I'm not an amazing listener, Armando. That's you know, my wife will tell you, uh, and and I know it. I know that I'm not an amazing listener. Um, but I have improved, right? And it's 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 kind of what is the intention of listening right uh and you know historically i've been you know the listener to see how i can answer this next question right uh oh i gotta jump in i got something for this i got something for this versus all right i, I want to be present what is what is you know for example what is armando really trying to convey here right like what is what is at the end of the thought not the sentence what's at the end of like the completed thought um and or just listening and and being quiet and providing somebody like you were saying with that safe space and, and and that is what I'm hearing you say is a, cr- a created moment. That is what, uh, you know, living uh, creatively, right? Yes, to be a creator. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's when I say that, I mean, it's, am I, co- so this is a conscious thing. Right, yeah. We all do it. Right. We all do it, whether good or bad, right? Because we create good moments, we create bad ones. For sure. The, the point is, is, are you making a conscious effort to create this? Right. It's part of my value system. It's something I seek to do. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to do it. What I'm saying is that we're all capable of mm-hmm. it. And you use the word, the intention behind it. Mm-hmm. It's not that you get it perfect. Right. But if you have the intention, I, I think part of it is, and we're, we've been so conditioned to thinking that we need to have the answer. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and realize that there are so many people that don't do this, not because they're adverse to helping someone or to providing that for them but because they're stuck in their own stuff right now oh yeah sure and they can't they can't get out of that right and that's part of this conversation of like okay well maybe you're in that place of threat so i mean look you talked earlier about um about not being if you can't create a moment in a day if you can't create in a day there's it's it's um something's been taken away from you. And this is where we, we get down to the, to the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like, I mean, you've gotten to a certain level. I just had this conversation earlier. It was funny, but like we get to a certain point where like now, you know, I feel like, you know, I feel similar to you, right? If I don't create something in the day, if I don't add value to somebody's life, if I don't you know, uh, create a moment or, or, or something in my household, I feel like something's gone terribly awry. Right. I feel like, you know, I feel like, I feel like something's missing and it, and it's, it's, a, you know, 
it's not like detrimental, but like I, I feel that it's missing, right? Like uh, right. on a day like where you don't get a good workout, right? On a day where like you don't have a good meditation, on a day like where you you know you're just not firing at all cylinders. You're like, oh my god, I hit the head, and, you know, my my head hits the pillow. And I'm like, it wasn't a bad day, but man, I didn't really get to create like the the maximum moment that I was looking for. Right, right. And by the way, that happens one or two days. It's not a big deal. Right. The problem is, is now. Are you acknowledging, is this continuing a pattern? Mm. Because now that really starts shifting your life in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean about being creator. It's, yes, are you always going to get it right? No, there are days that, it, oh, it, it didn't happen. It's usually the days that I'm behind a computer all day. And then sure. I'm like, huh, I haven't had any meaningful conversations. Why? Because I've been stuck behind a computer all day. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and um, it's, 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 uh, it, you said earlier too, it's a conscious decision and otherwise you're living kind of by default, right? We talk about like, you know, this default living, the default living is just, everything's kind of set to automatic until, you know, um, where do you, where do you think you may have realized? And I think that this is all also part of the law of attraction or becoming woke or just become, you know, becoming conscious of your actions, you know, really being, being cognizant. And to me, I think it sounds to me like you found it definitely at a younger age and I, you're still younger than me. So you found it at a younger age anyways, where, where, you know, you're able to quite literally stop and think about the things that are happening in your life. And, and, um, it's a lot like watching like the Sherlock Holmes, you know, movies, right. They're like, you know, all these things are happening. You're able to see all these things and then you, you do the right thing or you do what you feel is, is best for you in that moment. But you, you're conscious and you think about that move right before you take it. Yeah. I mean, yes, I, I feel like here it's very easy. Like we'll have that conversation right now. Right. And if somebody's listening, you know, somebody's listening to them, maybe they're not in a good place mm-hmm. and they're like, there's something wrong with me. Yeah, there's not. Right. There, there's not. And and here's the distinction. Here's the... So we talked about the, the woo-woo stuff, right? Sure, sure, so this sure. This is a way of bringing the woo-woo stuff to, to neuroscience. Sure. And, and, and I think it's important because you're going to have listeners that are more science and more woo-woo, so let's combine Absolutely. them. Absolutely. That's what this conversation is all for, man. That's why you're here today. So the, so the, so the neuroscience behind that. Right. When our brain is in threat, mm-hmm. we downshift to our reptilian brain, right? So right. we have three brains, essentially. We have our most primal, which is our reptilian brain, which is designed for us to stay alive, right? Right, right. And a fight, fly, freeze is going to have you uh, procreate. That's what it's... It's making sure that you're safe. Right. You, need, you have shelter. you got the basic necessities right. for uh, the species to move forward. Right. That's what that brain is entitled for. If you're in that place because... You can't figure out how to pay the bills. Right. You're, you know, something happened with your family. Somebody's really sick. You're in this really, really dark place. You don't have access to your human brain. And I'll get to that in a second. Because the human brain is what allows us to think and, and forward project. Right. Right? So if we have a reptilian brain, the next one up, we said there was three. So the one in the middle is what's called the mammalian brain. That's the one that's in charge of keeping us in a tribe. That's the one that is like the social stuff. Hey, that person looked at me weird. They must hate me. Right, right, no, right. they just, you don't know what's going on. But like your brain starts assessing threat. Right. Like, hey, is this person going to kill me? Right? Most of the times, that's a no. <laughs> um, right. But that's also the same 
like when you ever get that weird feeling like you walk into a place you're like mm, something's not right in here right you don't know what it is right there's nothing physically that you can see right but you sense it right that brain is on full alert listen to it get out because <laughs> there is probably something there that you can't physically see but it's going to be bad for you right right right, right. that is, that brain is responsible for keeping us cohesive in a group but also hierarchy mm-hmm. you know oh you know this person is my boss and this person is it. so it's responsible for that whole dialogue going back and forth there right and then finally we have the human brain that's the one that allows us to create mm-hmm. and visualize right i make this distinction because if you are in either one of the animal brains the mammal brain or the reptilian brain you cannot think of your vision Right, right. You cannot create that vision at that moment. Right. Think about when most people create their vision and the way they like their life to be. Right. It's not when they're in the depth of the <laughs> You can't think there. Well, well, that, that's it, right? Like, um, and, and that's that's where, uh, you know, it's you. you and so this is where I, I, I don't know all the neuroscience behind it, but I do know that you've restricted, right? You've restricted down to base level, right? You, right. you don't feel safe in this scenario. You don't feel... Uh, willing, or you don't see this for your safe, uh, your your own safety in this scenario. So you're not going to move forward in it because you've got all these. This is where fear plays a part, right? right? Where you like, especially in getting uncomfortable, you know, because again, like you said, we are, um, we want to be efficient, right? And if we approach something that we're not familiar with, it's going to take more, you know, more processing. Well, we're we're safe and we're warm and we're eating right here. Why would you go two feet to the left over here? Right. And you'd be like, well, I don't know if there's gold over there or not. And if there's gold over there, then we could really be eating well. And the other guy's like, but there's gators in between us. So I don't know if that's a good idea, right? Even though there's no, like, it's not, you know, look, I mean, that, and this is just like, you know, obviously, um, you know, just kind of exploded out there. But that's our brain just trying to keep us safe, right? right. And, and, but if we're already safe and we, we, we like, you know what, it's worth the risk. I've got something to gain, you know? Um, yeah. And that's where uh, we start to explore and expand. You know, this is where the term to me expansion comes from. We're like, okay, let's just start thinking with the other brain for a second. What happens if you know, uh, you know, like uh, Tim Ferriss has the fear setting thing, right? We're like, all right, what's the worst possible thing that could happen to you in this scenario? Think about that. And if you're probably going to live through that, you know, what's what? You know, what is the best outcome? You know, what is the what's the best? And if the best outcome is like this awesome, amazing thing, and the worst outcome is like zero legacy for example as as a legacy coach i mean you know how do you play that out i mean that's a good question right right? like i mean so if the opportunity is legacy or zero legacy i mean how do you you know safety or legacy well and and that's going to depend on a few things right Mm -hmm. so here's here's and i think it's important for us to explain this because you're going to find yourself in one of these camps and the tendency is that people make blanket statements and then if you don't fall in there you're like there's either something wrong with me or I'm never going to reach this. We, and, and one more thing, I'm, I'm, I'm going to interject this one last time. Uh, th- that's because we live in an all or nothing society, right? Like, right. And so we've got to be able to say, you know, a little bit of everything. Is that, I mean, just, right? So Yeah. Yeah. So to, to the to a point, that fear setting exercise mm-hmm. is a great example. Right. But you cannot do that exercise properly if you're in an animal brain. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can only take that challenge when you're in the human brain. Hmm. Now, granted, it doesn't mean that you're in grave danger all the time. Sometimes people can still be in human brain under grave danger. Sure. It's just where you are. If you're finding that you can't access this, there's a good chance you're a little down there in the animal brains. Sure. So 
first and foremost, understand that in order to create that fear setting exercise, you have to be in a good place. Sure. Also, when you create goals, mm-hmm. you create goals when you're in a good place. Think yeah. about the biggest difference. And it's funny because this the premise behind my, my next book that I'm writing now is most people create goals when they're in a good place. And so they're overconfident in what they can do. Mm. They don't set it for when they're at their worst. Right, so right. The premise behind the book is based around one rule is what could you do even on your worst day? Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, what, yeah, are those, yeah. what are those actions? Yes. And so if you look at that, that's designed to help you succeed even when you are on your worst days. Yeah. So you maintain that momentum and you're still moving forward. Yeah. Most people say, Hey, I'm going to work out two hours in the gym every single day. That's, that's their goal. Okay. Right. Wait, let's really think about this. What happens if you get sick? What happens right. when you're on vacation? What happens if you get injured? Sure. What happens if nobody sleeps in the house and you're up all night and you don't have access to a gym? Now, sure. like you right. haven't created a, a plan that's sustainable and sust- sustainably successful long-term. Sure. It's just in the moment. And that's what happens when people say, oh, life happened. No, life didn't happen. It's just you didn't plan for life the way it was going to happen. Sure, sure, sure. Right? No, yeah, I, I like that too. Um, and I love, I love that. Um, I love that. Do you want to you go ahead and just share like uh, those three things? Because it's the three things that uh, you can do even on your worst day um, and kind of lead out with that. Yeah, well, and then the other, the other component of that is, are you a leading towards person or, or a going away person, right? Mm. Some yeah. of us are wired. I am that person. I love new things. Mm-hmm. I love adventure. I love the unknown. Right. So I'm a going toward, like if you give me the thing, oh, stay with where you are. Right. Or look at the potential there. I'm like, I'll cross that ridge. Sure. Yeah. My wife is the opposite. Right? <laughs> right. So that's what I said. It helped for me. I, we, by the way, this caused a lot of friction at the beginning until sure. we started understanding yeah. each other more. And right. then we're like, okay, this is what I need to communicate to you. Right. And then she knew that this is what I need to communicate. And this is the way we need to communicate it. Right. Um, but as far as uh, you asked me, you just asked me a question, and I just drew a blank. Uh, the, the the three things, right? Like, so I mean, look, I think that that covers a lot of a lot of what uh, you know. People would either say woo woo or or law of attraction. I think all these components fall under that umbrella. It's just it's just how do you how do you have that conversation, right? Like, um, you and I are comfortable kind of having that conversation and getting there, um, you know. But if I go talk to somebody in an office, I'm not going to be like, well, you know, I just manifest things, and that's just how I do. And, you know, cause that's not going to be, so, I mean, in, in looking at what is, what the, what is all in there. And again, being coming from your best place too. this is, it's, it's a challenge. If all you're doing is, is, is working this, uh, as you were saying in the, uh, mammalian or reptilian brain, because, uh, you know, you're just focused on survival. You're not focused on how can I, how can I be truly successful beyond this? Right. Um, and so, um, I think that's a lot of what you're talking about, right? And being in the best place. Uh, yeah, sometimes sometimes people build out like, you know, I'm going to do this. Like, I mean, you know, uh, the two hours of exercise every day, That's it, it's good right now where you're at, but can you do that forever? Uh, and that's where um, I like the whole idea. I'm sure you're a Hal Elrod kind of guy, or at least you're familiar with, uh, you know, the morning miracle. There's a six, there's a six minute version, right, okay. of that where – just about anybody can do every day. You know, you can have one minute vision. You can have one minute of exercise. You can have one movement, right? And it doesn't have to be, 
you know, did I, I did a hundred squats. It's just some movement. Right. And so what are the, what is the base minimum I can do and still be successful and still count, uh, still count that as working towards the life that I'm creating. Is that fair? So yeah. I, lo- I love that. I love it. So tell us what the three things are. I mean, do you want to give any highlights on the book coming up? Do you, uh, do you want to hit on that at all? Uh, I mean, I, I can. I mean, at its core is essentially using that rule and the power of micro habits. Mm-hmm. And the micro habits really are, are that. I mean, it's based off of I almost four years ago. Okay. Four, yeah, four years ago. I didn't like where the consistency in my life. I was just very sporadic. I work out here. I work out there and I didn't like it. There were other things that I wanted to improve. So I decided that I would do six, six, six little habits and they were, uh, meditate for 40 breaths. Okay. So I just basically sit down, take 40 breaths. That's it. I would do 10 minutes of movement. And this is the way I define movement, moving my body in such a way that would energize, excite, and leave me better. That may be walking one day. That may be running another day. That may be lifting. That may be stretching. That may be yoga. That, whatever it is, but moving my body in a way that energizes, excites, and leaves me better than before. So that was the second one. The third one, write 50 words every day. Like sit down and actually write 50 words in, a, in, a, in like a cohesive paragraph. Um, number four, make a video every day. And, and I mean, I can go into each one of those if you want, but the the point is that was number four. Number five, read five pages in a book. And number six, connect with three people every single day. So those six things, I started doing them and I got, at first I was like, can I do these for 30 days? And I got to 30 days. I was like, Oh, let me, let me see if I can extend it. And then I got to 60 days and then I was like, Oh, maybe I can go to 90. When I got to 90, I was like, Oh, can I do this for a year? So I did it for a year. Then I did them for two years without missing a day. Then I did it for two years. And at about two years, I started saying, okay, well, how has this benefited me? Well, the meditation brought me closer to my spiritual practices. I'm I'm Catholic, and it's helped me open up doors to studying a little bit more and going into that with my family and leading my family in that way. The, um, The movement, well, the movement led to 30 minutes of of running extra so i said i made 10 minutes and i said oh what would happen if i tried to run 30 minutes every day and i tried that for 30 days and then 60 days and then a year later that built up that i ran my first 100 miler but it started with two years of doing 10 minutes right right um the writing writing 50 words i i was exhausted writing 50 words at the beginning Mm. And I built up the, 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 the conditioning to write more. And I wrote my first book. It became right. a bestseller, The Legacy Core. Amazing. Yes. I never thought in my life I could do that. Um, I wanted to become a better speaker. But I have three kids. And I have a wife that I want to be with. So I always heard that if you want to be a better speaker, you have to get on more stages than anyone else. But I said, well, number one, I'm not traveling all over the place because that means I'm not, a, I'm not with them. So I created my own stage. My own stage is my video. So every day I make at least one video. Some of them I share, some of them I don't, but I get in front of the camera and I speak, Hmm. right? Connecting with three people. Connecting with three people serves a function of me feeling connected with people, which is important to me. It's also helped grow my business. It's also helped me serve a lot of people in that process. And the final one is read five pages. 
Well, in this process, I don't know how many books I've read as a result of it, but it's part of who I am in that growth process. Yeah. So the whole idea of the concept behind the book is all of those things, 40 breaths, 10 minutes of movement, and with those rules that it was flexible enough what movement meant, right. writing 50 words, yeah. um, running, uh, sorry, not running, uh, making a video, connecting with people, all those things I could do if I, if I was sick in bed. If I, if I was injured, I could do them. Now, when I started moving it up where I was running every day, that I knew wasn't still in alignment with that, but I understood that going in there. I had, right. I was still doing the other stuff. Right. But right. it built up to that. Nice. And okay. leading up, even the day that I ran the 100 miler, which started at 6 a.m., I still did my six things. Nice. In the morning before. Nice. And then I took a four, I took four days off. I said, you know what? Mentally and physically, I want to take, I took four days off of not doing any of them after right. the hundred miler. Right. And I've, and I've been doing them ever since. I love it. I love so, it. And I think, I think that's really important, right? The, uh, the power of kind of like these micro habits and then how do they play out in your life? And, uh, dude, I, I love, I love your story, man. I, and I love, I love that you've uh, taken some time here and, and shared a little bit more with me, uh, kind of like how you're approaching some of these other thoughts and these processes. And, and again, you know, uh, as I, as I was learning about law of attraction, you were the first person that came out and you, you like, taught me about the reticulating activating system. Right. And, you know, really, really kind of flipped my script and, and just helped me to understand that, you know, we are, you know, we have the ability to set our own filters. Right. We have the ability to say, all right, well, you know, uh, sure. Some things are going to kind of happen automatically. Like you said, if you drive the car, you get in this weird vehicle, you, you're going to see him everywhere. Right. But sometimes we can say, this is the filter. This, I'm, this is what I want to do. This is my intention. These are the values. Uh, I'm going to define, I'm going to refine and I'm going to align. Right. But like, that's, that's setting your filters, your intentions. And, and, uh, you know, you, when you, when you kind of see these things, uh, you would have otherwise been cut off, especially in your mammalian brain, right? Like, how do you, you know, rise, get these to kind of um, get these beyond your mammalian brain, right? You know, getting beyond uh, those, and and you do that by taking doing some of these things that you're talking about. Don't set like so. You know, what I'm hearing you to say too is like, you know, don't set like you know things that are unachievable because then you then you give yourself a reason to beat yourself up. Right. You, you know, put yourself down uh, and, and you're really just, you know, life is, you know, for lack of better terminology, it's about rising up. Right. It's about being light. I don't know if that's what your intention of, of light and and shining your light. Right. And so we, we can't shine our light if we're living our darkest moments. Correct. Correct. And, and by the way, that's part of the power of having a coach like right. you or me or anyone who's a coach is, you know, our human brain, our prefrontal cortex that's one of the advantages when you're in that dark place yeah. and you've hired a coach, yeah. you get the benefit of borrowing their prefrontal cortex because now they can ask you questions to help bring you out of that darkness yeah, absolutely. and actually share that. Yeah, and absolutely. so sometimes people are like, oh yeah, but if I'm here, how do I get out? Right. Well, can you do it by yourself? Yes. Yes. Part of the reason I have those little micro habits is because they bring stability and certainty to your life, right. which help raise you up from that from that darkness because right. it's something you can count on. Right. 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 But having a coach helps speed up that process. Yeah. Fast tracks it. I mean, really, it, it, I love, I love how you said that, that, you know, you're, you're, you're borrowing somebody else's human brain. I'd, ne I'd certainly never thought about it that way. Um, and, and, you know, 
that's what inspired me to be a coach, become a coach was being coached. You know, I had a coach. I was like, Oh my God, this is like, you really get to, you really get to help somebody really see the best of themselves and, and what it is that they're capable of. And I think that that's, that's the allure for me of being a coach, right? Like the, the allure isn't like, well, how can I go become Tony Robbins? I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm no interest in becoming Tony Robbins. The allure for me is to say, how can I help you become, you know, who you want to become? Like, how can I help you, you know, get out of, 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 you know, the animal mind, right? I don't think I'd ever be like, Hey, listen, it looks like you're in the animal mind. I can help you get out of there. Um, <laughs> but who knows, man, look, there's, there's somebody out there. I'm sure who's probably, that's his slogan. Um, but I, I, again, I appreciate you coming on and sharing all this great insight. Uh, I think it's a really wonderful conversation. That's going to help a lot of people out there that, you know, tune in and catch this one where should i send people to go check out armada cruise what's armada cruise got going right now that uh people can either check in on um and and connect yeah i, I think the best the best place or the best two places would probably be uh legacycodebook.com that's you can go check out the book but you can also see a lot of different components of that i did a virtual book tour uh, for the year afterwards. And I had, I don't know, like almost 30 some interviews with the podcast with different podcasts. And I think one of the beauties of that was number one, there's access to it there. Right. I linked each one, but then number two, each interviewer asked and we went in such different ways. So it's not like, Oh, tell me about the book. And that's it. It's like, Oh, they chose one area and we were kind of diving in and we went through all these different paths. So now, it, I mean, if you listen to all of them, you could really get a deeper understanding without even reading the book. Now, granted, the book is going it, to, it's designed to be almost a manual to right. walk you through creating that legacy, purposely and powerfully creating that legacy that you want, right? For sure. Um, so legacycodebook.com. You could also go to the hub of everything, which is armandocruz.com. And those will be the two places. I mean, I'm on, on social media, Instagram, all that. But you can find all those links on, if you go to either one of those two sites, so. Awesome, brother. Thanks again for stopping on today. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening today. And remember, reach out to us on Facebook or through our webpage. The Prosperity Practice. The Prosperity Practice. Have something to say directly? Hit us up. Brandon at prosperity-practice.com. Prosperity is a result of action. Take action. That's it. I'm out of here.